Welcome to Fireside Nets, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. We are your hosts, Spen and Nick. And this is probably one of the first podcasts in a while where I'm actually pretty pissed off because of the Brooklyn Nets. Nick, third straight loss. We just watched probably the most atrocious, humiliating defeat of the season at the hands of the San Antonio Spurs, 106-98. to 98. Just... A really putrid game on both sides of the ball for the Brooklyn Nets. Keldon Johnson absolutely torched us. I think he had a career high against us. Uh, basically took over in that fourth quarter and in that second half down the stretch. I am blown away because, Nick, and I'll, I'll let you go in a second. I said the second we we lost to, what was this, uh, the Thunder, right? We lost this, uh, what was the first game we lost before the Thunder? Celtics was that was that the first the first loss without KD yeah okay so we lose that game and then you know it's the Celtics right they're the best team in basketball um you kind of deal with it you lost that game 109-98 we'll get into that and then you lose to the Thunder 112-102 at home and you think oh boy this is what I thought Kevin Durant wanted to leave last year because the Nets couldn't hold their own without him so you go into this game against the Spurs, having lost two straight. You're on the road in San Antonio. No Kyrie Irving. That was basically news for, I guess, the, the, the media and the fans today. I'm sure the Nets knew they were going to give him the day off. They listed him as questionable with calf tightness. Then they listed him as out. Whenever you see Kyrie Irving's questionable, that usually means he's not going to play. And it's probably something that they planned. But you have Ben Simmons you have the rest of your roster who's been great this year. I mean, TJ Warren, Seth Curry, Yuta Watanabe, these guys have played very good basketball. Um, Nick Claxton, uh, he's been great this year. You go in against a young Spurs team and you get embarrassed. And now you've lost three straight and we're starting to see flashes of what happened last year when the Nets fell apart without Kevin Durant. Now I will say Kyrie should be back relatively shortly. So that helps having a full-time Kyrie. He said it himself. But, Nick, I'm just – I'm ashamed of, of the performance from this Nets team tonight. Uh, I'm going to stop ranting. I'm going to let you go. But this loss really fucking bothered me. Yeah, I mean, the Spurs are the third – the Spurs are the fourth worst team in the NBA record-wise. Um, second worst in the West. Now they have 14 wins. They're a – a terrible team, and yet we make players like Keldon Johnson look like all-stars, scoring over 30 points. It's terrible. We had to give Cam Thomas a bunch of minutes, and he literally has nothing to do but chuck up shots and run the clock out. TJ Warren, who I'll say has played an amazing season, had butterfingers against the Spurs tonight. Every time the ball touched his hands, it just slipped right out. He had a couple plays that he could have scored an easy layup on. Ben Simmons, I'm really getting tired of him being in foul trouble, especially with no Kyrie and KD. But listen, dude, we lost to the Celtics with the number one team in the East without KD. We both thought that was going to happen. 
we blew a lead going into the fourth against the Thunder because we are been notoriously leading after three and looking like dog shit in the fourth. I'll even let that one slide given SGA, Josh Gideon, Lou Dort, when they're at full strength, are honestly not a bad team. Still lower in the East, but have some young talent there. And with Kyrie just in the fourth without KD, he gets all the attention. If he's slightly off, we're kind of screwed. But against the San Antonio Spurs, with players in their lineup I've never heard of, play a team that traded away DeJounte Murray for a bunch of future first-round draft picks to completely reset after this season, and to lose even without Kyrie and KD because of all these little stupid things. Royce O'Neal looked okay. You got... He what? didn't look okay. Let's let's let's. He looked terrible tonight. But he looked he looked like he could catch pass the ball and occasionally hit a shot. Nick Royce O'Neal was a minus eighteen tonight. Okay, he had two turnovers. He had no assists. So he, okay, maybe he, he looked could, he looked better. He looked bad. He looked okay. Bad. Honestly, he looked though, Cam Thomas looked worse. T.J. Warren looked sloppy. Seth Curry, even we talk about Seth Curry being that one guy who we should probably get rid of. But I mean, Cam Thomas too. Seth Curry, we give him the ball like he's Kyrie and expect him to do something with every time. Like you see Simmons just handing it off to Curry and trying to set a pick for a quick three. I like Seth Curry. Seth Curry is a third or fourth guy as a compliment to a superstar. He's not the guy in crunch time to be hucking up shots. So, yes, we were missing KD and Kyrie. This was just really ugly. Even even with our two superstars out, we have more talent with Ben Simmons. We have more talent with TJ Warren. I, it, it was really hard to watch. And then that game at the end was just so ugly. We were playing on the level of the fourth worst team in the West. We looked like the fifth worst team in the league. Sorry, the second worst team in the West, the, the fourth worst team in the, in the league at the, as the Spurs. So just not fun. Put me in a bad mood. Um, 0-3 without KD. What does that tell you? I saw – the last thing I'll say on this rant is I saw an article – forgetting who it was a reputable source. And I think the title is something along the lines of the Nets are a team with all the talent and none of the charm. Okay. Um, and there's nights weird... like, yeah, there's nights like these, obviously we're missing a lot of talent where I think, wow, if put in the right positions, if given all the confidence and the mental stability, what could this team do? But we just play down to our opponents and really choke a lot of the times when it matters most. So a few things here, and I appreciate that. I, I agree with most of, of what you said. We've seen this team without their stars beat a pretty darn good Indiana Pacers team earlier in the year. Do you remember that win? When Vaughn basically said, I'm, you know, KD's getting a rest. Simmons is getting a rest. Everyone on the team got a rest. So it was Markeith Morris, Patty Mills, Cam Thomas, and that was essentially it. That's all I remember from that game. Dayron Sharp came in. He, had, he played a little bit. Um, so I bring that up to tell you and everyone listening that this team is capable of playing good basketball without their stars. And the difference between that game and this game is in that game, they knew KD was only going to be out for a night. And it allowed them to play freely and play like they had nothing to lose. What I'm starting to see from this Nets team, and, and I'm praying that it changes when Kyrie gets back in the lineup, and I don't know that it will, is they're collectively starting to press a little bit. What does that mean? Everyone is listening to the media. They're, you know, they're, they're hearing what 
the sports people are saying as they they fall in the standings a little bit. I think they were one game behind the Celtics a, a week or two ago. Now they're like six games, five and a half games out. So they they hear that noise. They know KD's not coming back anytime soon. Probably out until mid-February, I would think, at the very least. So a, a few more games. They're starting to press. Simmons, you know, I I liked his effort tonight. Yes, he needs to get stay out of foul trouble. He had a lot of stupid turnovers tonight. I think he ended up with seven turnovers. As you, and, and by the way, his first career, I'm sorry, not career, his first triple-double as a net, 10 points, 11 assists, 10 rebounds. Simmons, and I have a friend who, who's a Sixers fan, and he said this was going to happen. He drives me crazy because you see the potential in what he can be in a lot of lot of plays, right? He had that bump on, on Jeremy Sohan where he moved him with his body and went to yam it and missed the dunk. And you look at that play and you're like, okay, this guy's got serious ability, but he's not able to stay on the floor. He gets in constant foul trouble. He was pressing tonight offensively. You can just tell. He, he was trying to pick when to go to the basket, when to pass, whatever. Seth Curry was pressing offensively tonight because – Everybody there knows there's not a lot of guys on this Nets team that can create for themselves and consistently score without KD and Kyrie. So Seth said, you know what? I got I to gotta step up. Nick, what did Joe Harris do tonight? I don't know. What did he do? I'm looking at his He did numbers. nothing. Okay? He, he, had, he had zero points. He was a minus 13, one turnover. He did nothing. That only played 17 minutes. 17 minutes, so they pulled him pretty quickly. While you're on Jeremy Sohan, why did he yeah. pull down? Markeith Morris and try and he, to just destroy him. I'm very happy you brought that up because Markeith Morris was one of the only guys that I saw fight in, in this ball game and go one for five and over two from three. I'm, I'm, you throw out the stats, Nick, because as bad as we shot from three point land, right? Which was three of 23 for 13%. And as bad as, as we played overall, we still had a shot. In this ball game, Nick, we were still in the game in the fourth quarter. And we were in the game because of guys like Markeith Morris fighting. Guys like Edmund Sumner. Got to give him a shout out. He came in and he actually, so in that second quarter, Sumner brought the Nets back into this game. That was the only decent quarter of basketball they played. And they were able to basically mount a little bit of a comeback. Um, but otherwise, this team looked discombobulated tonight. They looked like they were pressing. And the one thing I'll say is, you know, we're very quick to give Jacques Vaughn praise. I got to give him a little bit of flack tonight. He did not do a good job. Okay. Keldon Johnson had a moment in that third quarter where he just, and, and Richard Jefferson, who was, who was doing the play-by-play was great tonight. He just kept going to the basket every single play to his right hand. Wasn't even anything fancy. And the Nets did nothing. They did nothing. Claxton gets the block on him. Great. Keldon Johnson gets on a fast break and then yams it on our entire team. Jacques Vaughn should have changed up the lineup in the, in the second quarter. His rotation should have changed. I'm sorry, in the third quarter, in the beginning of the second half. Because the way that the Nets started the ball game was terrible. That starting five of Simmons, Royce, Seth, Claxton, and Joe Harris, that's not a good starting five. And he should have recognized that. And he should have changed something coming out of halftime into that third quarter. Either insert TJ Warren in there, who you know can create his own shot. Either insert Cam Thomas in there. But, but 
do something to mix it up because they started that, that third quarter with the same exact energy that they started the game with, which was nothing. So I, I, I do have to give Jacques Vaughn a little bit of blame for this losing streak. He's got to figure it out because guess what? The, Kevin Durant's not going to be blamed for being out. A lot of these players aren't going to be blamed for the Nets losing. It's, it's going to be on the head coach and it's going to be on Sean Marks unless he makes a move. So I'm, I just, you know, we got to be better against the Spurs team that had no business being in this game. I thought the refs gave them a lot of calls. I thought the refs wanted the Nets to win this ball game. There was that, that whole Morris um, Sohan dust up. How did, how did we get the ball? And that was two shots for us. That what made no Sohan sense. Sohan completely pulled him down. That should have, that was yeah, a flagrant. But, but he, but it, the, the, the initial was Morris setting a screen, a dirty screen. That to wasn't a dirty, that, was, that might've been an illegal screen. It was not dirty. And he fully pulled him okay. down. That was All right, fine. He, they gave us, they gave us that call. So they gave us a lot of calls Sohan, in this game. Dude. Did you, did you see though? They gave us a lot of that Seth Curry know, three point we're, shot. We're, we're not going to win a game. I know we're not going to win a game when Jakob Pertl is rebounding over four of our players. Cause nobody's boxing out. We have Nick Claxton who one has one of the, one of the right now biggest bodies down low, one of the longest guys. He's a defensive threat. He's a rebounding threat. He's a dunking threat. Nick Claxton's jumped from being a below average player to a potential defensive player of the year candidate. And yet, he got bitched by Jakob Pertl, who has a word game named after him. Like, there were just so many sad things that happened in the fourth quarter. Like, I know I mentioned Royce O'Neal, who had a bad game. In the fourth quarter, looked somewhat with it because all these other players, TJ Warren had 19, so it's hard to, to give him shit. And TJ Warren all of a sudden couldn't catch the ball. Seth Curley all of a sudden couldn't hit a shot. Cam Thomas all of a sudden couldn't find an open look, right? You got guys who for three quarters are playing well, and then in crunch time, and who do you blame that on? Is that Jacques Vaughn not instilling confidence in his young players? Is that... Jacques Vaughn not getting the rotations right in crunch time. Like, there's so many people to blame. I'm going to point a finger at Jacques Vaughn. I'm going to keep pointing a big finger at Ben Simmons, who has looked at times unbelievable this season. And then other times you're wondering how someone with so much talent is on the court looking like such a dumbass. So, whoa. Dumbass. Those are strong words, Nick. I, I criticize because I believe and I love. That's why I'm mean to you. Point being, I'm so, and this happened in the Thunder where it's a, it's a switch that happens in the fourth quarter where we forget how to play basketball. And we all of a sudden, I'm going to blame this on Kyrie, who I know you're going to argue is one of the best fourth quarter scorers in the league right now, which he is, but he has a tendency to abandon game plan that's been working when it matters most and just trying to do isolation plays. And I saw that with Cam Thomas tonight. I saw that with Seth Curry tonight. Listen, I know we need a bucket. You guys aren't Damian Lillard. You're not Kyrie. Even Kyrie doing that, even though it works sometimes, is still bothersome. So when I see average to below average offensive threats trying to create and abandon a good pass, a good screen, uh, uh, distributing the ball, switching it across court, all these little things that can result in getting a guy a good shot, you abandon that because you all of a sudden went down six or eight real quick and you're trying to huck up a three – that's bad basketball, and that's something that Jacques Vaughn needs to be instilling, and these players need to be carrying out on the court. And until that happens, we're going to keep losing games in crunch time. Vaughn agreed with me. He called Markeith Morris's screen an example of veteran leadership. So I, I give him credit. He agreed um, with me. Well, we no, you said I it thought was a the dirty call, screen. I don't. He was. It was technically a dirty screen, but it was the right move. He showed fight. That's what Vaughn's saying. By the way, just so we're on the same page, Markeith Morris was a plus 15 tonight. 
It's a guy who doesn't get called on a lot. He came in there. He helped the team. I knew, I know he only had four points. Um, losers from tonight, Joe Harris, at this point, you got to trade him. <laughs> I, I mean, you have so many guys, I've said this, who do the same thing as him, and they're, they're, he's just not that valuable right now. He's, he's not shooting the ball well. Um, 17 minutes, he did nothing. He was a loser tonight. Royce O'Neal, pad game for Royce. Uh, just, just he looks like he could, he tries to create sometimes, and that's just not his game. Him, him, and Joe, their role is to be a spot up shooter and and get loose balls. And when when they're asked to do a little bit more with KD and Kyrie out, it just doesn't work. Um, I want to say that Cam Thomas is a loser tonight. He was a plus 12, 15 points. That's what the stat stat sheet shows. But if you see the situational awareness, it sometimes looks like he just doesn't have it. You know, some of his the decisions he makes, uh, he had a play where he drove baseline, stepped out of bounds. He had another play where he drove baseline and he threw a ball to TJ Warren in between like four Spurs defenders. And I think that's one of the, the plays where you're referring to TJ Warren dropping the ball. That's a tough pass to handle. That, that's not really a smart pass for Cam Thomas to make. He airballed that one three. I think he was what? Oh, of four from three point range. So he doesn't have a three pointer in his arsenal. And that's kind of, you know, part of being on, on the nets is, is the ball movement. Like Yuta Watanabe, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, these guys have to hit threes. So just a lot of losers tonight. Um, the nets in general. And, you know, let's get to the other two losses. because well, I, can't I just want to say yeah. too, to give the people an update, um, that loss puts us at 27 and 16. We actually now mm-hmm. jump to third. We lose a spot to the Bucks, who now go to second. We're now five and a half games behind the Celtics who are 33 and 12 while we're 27 and 16 when we were just a, a game away from taking the Celtics or a game and a half away from taking that first game first place spot Celtics on a seven game win streak we are now on a three game losing streak so Celtics Bucks Nets Sixers Cavs Knicks Heat Pacers is the East right now it's a, it's a it's a game of runs it's a season of runs but if we don't bounce back quick we are going to keep tumbling because it's a tight race in the east nick the final thing i'll say about this game and by the way shout out to nick claxton another game with three or more blocks that's nine straight oh and that block on kelton johnson if there's any highlight to take away from this first game kelton johnson went for a dunk and i will say kelton johnson had some great yes. dunks tonight and yes. nick claxton met him at the rim and and knocked him on his ass it was a great highlight nick but it also set off Keldon Johnson to basically finish out and just destroy the net. So while I like the block, I, I don't like the result of the block. Uh, Nick Claxton, nine straight games with three or more blocks. Sean Bradley has the record for 11. We'll see if he can surpass it. Not a bad game statistically for Claxton, 15 points, 11, 11 rebounds for him. Um, he was also in foul trouble. Uh, Nick, could you please verify those numbers, 15 and 11 for Clax? And, um, just one other thing for this game that bothers me. Verified in only 17 minutes. One, because he got in foul trouble. Championship teams don't have losses like this in their DNA. They just don't. Okay? What the Celtics did last year, they had a terrible loss to the Knicks where they lost at the buzzer on an R.J. Barrett three-pointer, and it turned their season around, and they were able to go on a run after that. This is a pivotal moment in the net season. Okay, outside of – the whole Kyrie Irving stuff to begin the season with uh, not to begin the season, but like, you know, the anti-Semitic documentary, which is still the lowest point of the season. This is is pretty comparable to that because we just don't look like we're playing like a team. Uh, this, this was not a, this was not a loss that you see NBA champions have during the regular season. So we'll look to move past it. 
let's get back. We'll, we'll go all the way back to the Celtics Nets game. Um, what day was that, Nick? Celtics Nets. What day did we lose to the Seas? Do you remember? Thursday, I believe, for 12th. Okay, Thursday the 12th, 109-98. I mean, <laughs> the Nets actually really played played well against Boston for for three quarters. It was a it was a two-point game headed into the fourth, and the Nets just couldn't get it done in the fourth. Only 16 points. Um, Celtics, they're you know, they're the winners of the East last year. They are stacked. Malcolm Brogdon helps their lineup a lot. Having Robert Williams back helps as well. Uh, Grant Williams killed us down the stretch, and and Derek White hit basically the dagger three to end us. And what what was annoying about this game, Nick, was Tatum only had twenty. He was seven to twenty-two from the field, shot two of ten from three, three turnovers. We were really able to uh, to limit Tatum, but the rest of the Celtics absolutely just dominated that that fourth quarter. Um, you had that crazy play. The uh, was it? I forgot who it was, but um, Todd Tyler Cornette had the sort of reverse weird alley-oop layup. A uh, Luke Cornette, not Tyler Cornette, Luke Cornette. Yeah, that was. Um, I thought that was offensive goaltending, no? Yeah, it looked like offensive goaltending. Uh, but it was just one of those nights where, where the Celtics roll guys were, were just, you know, killing the Nets roll guys, and that's what it was. Any comments on that loss, Nick? Uh, I We both expected ourselves to lose. Tatum's having uh, top five MVP candidate season. I don't think he'll win it. But Jalen Brown was a scratch that game. With that said, he got Marcus Smart, who just got back from injury. The Celtics are a great team. They have a lot of talent. Derek White looks good. I, I love Brogdon. I think he's a great player. Uh, just, just I think a, I think out of the three guards, him, Smart, and um, White, right. I think Brogdon offensively is Brogdon the most talented. Yeah, he, he is the, he's the biggest threat. Celtics are a cohesive team. They're well coached. Uh, they're well disciplined. They have been shooting lights out. They seem like in the last the seven game win streak, so much freaking confidence. All across the board, I think it comes up from the coach to the veterans all the way down the line. We expected to lose this game. I think we put up a good fight for the most part for not having KD, but kind of the expected result. So I take this one. I'm not super bummed about it. I hate the Celtics and I want to beat them absolutely. But this is a loss I expected even with Jalen Brown out, especially with KD out. Yeah, I mean, this was this was a tough first game after that Miami Heat win. Um, you thought we can carry momentum winning that game down the stretch without Kevin Durant in this Celtics game. Um, but that just wasn't the case. And and Kyrie, you know, like always against the Celtics, it seems to be sort of the new thing. He struggles against them. He did not play well in this game. Um, what did, what did Kyrie end up with Nick? I'm, I'm pulling up his stats now. He had 24 points, but he shot nine of 24 from the field, three of 11 from three point range, two turnovers, Six assists, but the Celtics just know how to play him. I mean, Smart does a great job of bodying him. The Celtics, something I envy about them, Nick, and you can tell me if I'm wrong or right, they play physical defense so well that refs never really know whether to call a foul or not, and I think they lean on not calling a foul because Marcus Smart's a a former defensive player of the year, because Robert Williams is that good, because Tatum and Jalen Brown and Derek White, these guys are menaces on defense who just never stop. So if they're a little physical with Kyrie and they knock him off his spot, I think the refs are going to swallow their whistle because of, you know, the consistent effort that this Celtics team collectively shows on the defense side of the ball. Yeah, I hear you. All right, we move on to the loss against the Thunder. Again, this is kind of where Nets fans started to get disappointed. Uh, Young Thunder team, 
Nets played them relatively well, three out of four quarters, similar to the Celtics. Um, Thunder absolutely took over in that fourth quarter, 37 to 22. It seems like every single time Gide, Dort, or SGA touched the ball, it was points for the Thunder. Meanwhile, Kyrie Irving, a, a really bad game for him, 15 points, 7 of 20 from the field, 1 of 7 from three-point range. Uh, tough follow-up to his game against against um, you know the Celtics where he didn't play well either. Uh, Nick, what was your main takeaway from this game uh, against against the Thunder in which the Nets lost 112-102? Uh, it was we're up five going into the fourth quarter, playing very well, just do exactly what we're doing. Oh, wait, let's abandon everything we're doing and forget how to play basketball like we just did against the Spurs. It, it was disgusting. It was like a, a different team in that fourth quarter. All of a sudden, the Thunder get hot. We can't handle it. We abandon distribu- distributing the ball. We're chucking up stupid shots. Everyone all of a sudden gets cold. It's it's and you know what's funny? I like I saw it coming. I even like this is like a fourth time this year. I turned to my roommate Eric and said, "Oh, we have a little bit of a lead going into the fourth quarter. We're gonna blow this because we abandon our entire game plan in crunch time." I just mentioned it ten minutes ago when talking about the Spurs, SGA, Luguens Dortz, Josh Giddy. These are young, talented players. I think they're gonna develop into a great team. We with Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons. TJ Warren, Nick Claxton. Sorry, Ben. Well, Simmons, Simmons yeah, didn't play in this game. game. Yeah, he Seth was scratched. Whoever the talent we have, we need to beat and at home a 21 and 23 now. At the time, I'm guessing they were 20, 20 and 23, whatever it was. Oklahoma City Thunder team. That's at this point 11th in the East. We're second in the East before we lost to the Spurs. So it's just a bad loss that is really I'm not, I don't even want to say is because they get hot and we get cold because that almost is a, is an excuse of like that happens every game games are full of streaks we're going to get cold I don't even mind when we miss shots it's the mentality it's the inability to bounce back it's the confidence lost like again I'll say I keep I sound like a freaking broken record here a light switches and all of a sudden we can't get back to where we were and you almost can see it right you see it tumbling down and unavoidable like Ball of snow that keeps getting bigger and bigger. Qu- and quicksand. Quicksand. Ooh, it's like the movie The Replacements. Thank you. Yeah, no, you, you can sense it. I, I absolutely agree with what you're saying. These last three fourth quarters, you've been waiting for someone on the nets, Curry, Simmons, Kyrie, to score a few baskets, but collectively this group to get out of, you know, Get out of these these buildings with a win against a, a lesser Thunder team against a lesser against a lesser Spurs team, but they're they're just not doing it. They're just not executing. And I agree with you. And look, I, you know, when Kyrie was cooking in the fourth earlier in the year, I said I was okay with that game plan. But at this point, if Kyrie's your focal point, and it's the fourth quarter, and teams are throwing their best defensive. Players at Kyrie, they're doubling him, they're tripling him. The Nets need some other type of way to score in the fourth quarter down the stretch. It can't just be the Kyrie Irving show. It has to be something else. Tonight, I don't know what it was. What did the Nets score in the fourth quarter against the Spurs? It was something It was something pathetic. They scored – actually, they scored 30 points, but so did the, so did the Spurs. We scored 17 in the third. My, my point being – you talk about sensing that that sort of feeling of quicksand of, of everything going wrong. We got to fix that. 
that's that's a coaching thing that's a mentality thing that's a leadership thing that these are things that we can fix so all right we talked about the last three losses uh we talked about the, the heat win last week nick you know the next game on our schedule we do not play until the 19th we play the suns at 10 p.m and that's in phoenix um do the Nets have a chance in that game? And 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 what happens if if the Nets lose four in a row? Uh, we just like probably will go down. It's like the Premier League where you um, get demoted and you start playing in the G League. It's like it's like in two K if you so if you're at like a level, let's say you're at um, varsity and you lose four games in a row, you get sent down to JV. Dude, honestly, we would deserve it. Um, listen, listen, by the way, just, just, just so we're clear, Nick, the next four games, Phoenix loss. at Utah, at Utah, Utah has been playing very good basketball at golden state with loss. a healthy Seth Curry back at Philadelphia loss. I predict, predicted us four and three in this seven home stretch before the Celtics game when KD went down. And you, I think you agreed. You said four and three or three and four. We kind of want to toss up on a couple games. Well, we th- we thought that they would beat the Spurs in the and Thunder. And we started zero and three. I know. I thought it'd be two and one after this. And when it was two and one after this, building some momentum without KD, I was like, oh, we might be able to steal one against the Suns. You know, against uh, you know, maybe the Jazz. I, I I don't love the Jazz this year, even though they've been playing better than people expected after getting rid of Go, getting rid of Gobert and Mitchell. I would not be surprised, and I hate to say this, if we went 0-7 in the stretch. Where I, I, it would be a bad beat by me saying 4-3, and three, but are we going to beat the Sixers without KD and their star power? Are we going to beat the Suns, who have just been in the last three years a, a top-tier West team that really doesn't choke like we have in crunch time? Jazz, again, I think we can get one, but is Royce O'Neal going to have a return to Utah miracle game? I don't know. And who is Warriors? I never feel confident against the Warriors. So yeah, never. We we never we never beat the Warriors except the last time when they didn't have Seth or Clay. So listen, I I, I want to say we're going to snag one or two of the next four, but I'm skeptical at this point, especially with these first couple games without KD. So a few things here. Um, this the Phoenix Suns are also coming off three straight losses to the Nuggets, the Timberwolves, and the Grizzlies. So. Two teams, three game losing streaks. Someone's got to break it. Also, I have a message for our general manager, Sean Marks. Playtime's over. We need to stop being cute about this roster. There are serious holes in this roster that need to be filled. You need to bolster this front court. Yakov Pertle and Jeremy Sohan absolutely bullied us tonight. Outside of Nick Claxton and Ben Simmons, there was no presence down low. Dayron Sharp is not ready. Markeith Morris is not an interior threat. You need other guys that can help rebounding, that can help on defense, protect the rim, and that are maybe somewhat athletic and and, and can can shoot a jump shot because that's not really Claxton's game. So if you can bring in another guy in the front court who can hit the mid-range, who can also bang down low a little bit, another bang guy, that's what the Nets need. So, Sean Marks, please, it's not just me. It's not just Nick. It's every single Nets fan who has seen what the glaring weaknesses for this team are. 
four tough games, four tough opponents. Um, I, I, I'd like to say they go two and two. I'm being optimistic. Maybe we get a win against Phoenix and maybe we get a win against Utah. It'd be nice because Kyrie Irving is probably going to be back. So we'll have a, a healthy Kyrie doing his thing. Um, otherwise, this Nets team is in trouble. The title of this episode is Deja Vu, a.k.a. Nets are in trouble because we saw this story last year and we cannot let it happen again. I feel like these podcasts go so up and down. Sometimes I feel like we're just like the greatest team in the world and then others it's like I wish I was a little rabbit hopping along and rooting for like the Grizzlies or something. Yeah, I totally wish I was a rabbit sometimes. Maybe I just wish yeah. I was like a Jets fan when it comes to all sports. Like you always like like the Why Knicks. did you have to be an animal in the first scenario? Because they seem so innocent and sweet, you know, like they don't get stressed about the Brooklyn Nets looking bad. Sometimes I wish I didn't even like basketball, to be honest with you. Sometimes I wish mm-hmm. I, I was into like a more like, I don't know, calm game, like poker. Like competitive eating. No, that doesn't seem calm. No, you have a really yeah. bad gag reflex. I do. I don't know. Any, anything that didn't cause this stress. You know what? I wish I was into like professional darts because I feel like those guys do not disappoint you as much as basketball players do. True. Anyway, it's late. It's Tuesday night. Me and Nick are cranky. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the listen. Again, this is Fireside Nets brought to you by Empire Sports Media. I'm Spen. He's Nick. I'm not a religious person. But I think everybody needs to say a prayer for the Brooklyn Nets and where they're headed because I don't want to come on this podcast next week and be as depressing and as freaking cynical and just critical as I was tonight. Amen. You want to give a very, like, I don't know, tone deaf, catch you on the fireside? Catch you on the fireside.